This is The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Hi, it's John Moore. This is The Breakfast Wrap for Friday, June 9th. Clouds moving in today. There's a chance of some showers later on this morning and into the afternoon and a high of 22 degrees. Here are the five things you need to know. Number one, smoke situation along eastern Canada and the U.S. is going to continue for a couple of days, but the air is improving. Number two, York Catholic students walk out over gay pride. Number three, the TTC is closing subway stations this weekend. Number four, infected raccoons are becoming a growing concern in Toronto. And number five, the controversial Blue Jays pitcher plays catcher. The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. All right, here we go. I'm just getting myself organized, and then Nick Marano decided it was time to launch the show. But I guess it is time to launch the show, Nick Marano, because it is 5.08 on a Friday morning. Here we are. It's the 9th of June. 13 degrees outside, which I don't know anymore. I got to go look at the Environment Canada average temperatures. It just strikes me that it was a little cool when I stepped out of the house this morning. I'm used to by this juncture in the season, stepping out of the house with a polo, and I'm good. And I had to throw on an extra layer. But there we are. Um, do we decide that it's a sweet, sweet Friday? Okay. It's a sweet, sweet Friday! It is, because I'm trying to think of anything that might mitigate against that. I mean, there are things to talk about in the news, obviously. There is smoke in the air, although, as Ashley Legasic was saying in the six, uh, 5 a.m. news, um, getting ahead of myself, Um, the air quality alert has been lifted by Environment Canada. It was interesting yesterday, you know, I was telling you on the morning show that Bill Coulter, the meteorologist, decided we were not going to go golfing on Thursday afternoon. And then I spent hours after getting home thinking, oh, maybe we should golf anyway. But then I also appreciated that even if the smoke is not, you can't smell it and you can't see it, that maybe two and a half hours of vigorous outdoor activity when there is smoke and particulate matter in the air was not a great idea. So um, I resolved yesterday that it was okay that we were not golfing. Uh, However, today, It does seem that the air quality is somewhat improved. I will go online at Environment Canada and see exact what digit has been assigned to the air quality for today. I think we peaked at like six or seven over the last few days. Now, the wildfires continue, as does, incidentally, the debate over climate change. And can we just get something out in the open here? When... You you can't directly attribute any single incident to climate change. But over time, you can kind of merge it all together and say, okay, I get it. Arctic sea ice melting, forest fires bigger, tornadoes more possible, probable in certain areas. And then you get to, as soon as anybody tries to assert that, for example, the current wildfire situation might be attributable to climate change, you come up with this absolutely fundamentally stupid talking point where people who want to push back against climate change will say, well, you know that most of these fires were arson or they were campfires. 
Now, first of all, arson is almost non-existent. And, you know, in some circles, there's this talking point that environmentalists are going out and deliberately setting forest fires just in order to get back at everybody and say, look at this, it's climate change. So arson is almost incidental in terms of the ignition point. But it doesn't matter what the ignition point is. The issue is how severe are the wildfires? And they're very severe. And the reason is, is because everything's drier. So... You know, this when and, and, you know, Doug Ford in the House earlier this week insisting don't politicize this. No, actually, maybe it's time we started identifying the unpleasant things that we're living through as having some connection with climate change. And then we admit that maybe we need to get something done about it. So um, I'm trying to remember, is that what Justin Trudeau was scolding Pierre Polyev about? In the house? Maybe that was yesterday's clip. I'll get down to, we'll, we'll get to that clip later on, but there's all kinds of audio deliciousness, including actually, um, Nick, we can have a bit of a kickback. You know, those who get up early and enjoy the show with us at this hour, it's, it's almost like a secret little coffee clutch. So let's have a little fun. Uh, throw in number 19. The guy who wrote the song Blame Canada for the i think it was bigger longer and uncut yeah it was the um south park movie which is scandalously dirty and hilarious um he decided to rewrite the lyrics for blame canada in order to talk about the smoke that is enveloping new york city i can't breathe my throat is just a mess my chest is burning up and now my lungs are in distress should we Ignoring climate change Oh, who's to blame for making the sky so strange? I know Blame Canada Blame Canada It seems our friends up in Quebec Have made Manhattan a stinking wreck Blame Canada Shame on Canada For the fog and the smog The haze from the blaze The Ontario smoke That's making this choke We must escape But folks, fear not Get off the streets And see some like it hot. See, that's what the internet is for. Here's a musician, like he's a professional guy who writes songs for Broadway and uh, Hollywood, but he decides just to goof off and write a very Jim Lehrer-inspired tune and put it up on the internet, and there it is for you. So that was kind of fun. Um, let's see, what else to worry about? this weekend well not worry i mean it's not the agenda to sit here and here's all the horrible things that are going to wreck your life today but apparently sick and injured raccoons are wrecking everybody's life uh reading that uh toronto public health has issued a warning to the public advising residents to steer clear of raccoons now i don't know does anybody actually hang with raccoons i i mean i, I know that there are people who put like kibble outside of their houses for raccoons, which is absolutely nuts. But, you know, I don't know that too many people are making pets of them or even, you know, having a physical encounter of, you know, petting them or something like that. But there's been a, quote, significant increase in the number of sick and injured raccoons and in the number of reported cases of people who have been bitten and or scratched by raccoons. So there is a significant distemper outbreak, which apparently the last time we talked, we went around the horn on this one. It's not the same thing as rabies. 
but let's just say raccoons are infected. If they scratch you or bite you, you may become infected as well. So stay away from the raccoons. You're listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Okay, so lots of things from the five things that probably need a little bit more explanation. One of them would be the last one. Anthony Bass, pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays, is going to be playing catcher. He's a pitcher, but he's going to catch. Um, I think this is tonight because there's a two-night event that is for the queer community. And Anthony Bass, okay, so how do we unpack the various stations of the cross here? He got all busy on social media, which probably if you're an actor or a comedian, well, no, not if you're a comedian, you can do what you want if you're a comedian. If you're a sports figure, whatever, just stay off, enough. Like, don't get political, don't get into all of the the mud flinging, but Anthony Bass favorited and uh, recirculated a preacher who was saying that gay people are going to hell. And he got into trouble for that. So then he gave a peremptory or a very, very brief, I think it was 45 second apology of sorts, didn't take any questions. And Then there was, as we reported yesterday, as a matter of fact, we discovered halfway through our show that he had actually met with the CEO of Toronto Pride, and they had a great chat. And now, tonight and tomorrow, I think, are the the nights or the days where there are going to be uh, gay-friendly baseball games, and he's going to be catching the ceremonial first pitch. And Joe Cristiano, maybe we can find out who's throwing that pitch. I think it's, it is, uh, you know, a representative of the gay community. Um, I don't know. You know what? I mean, fill your boots. I just, I can't get too excited about stuff like this. Um, I, it, it does seem a little inappropriate because it seems, I, I have a great number of uh, concerns that this guy hasn't changed his mind about anything. He's just sort of knuckling under and saying, fine, fine, fine. Being anti-gay is really unpopular, so I'll stop being publicly anti-gay. But my last thought on this one would be that I know there are an awful lot of people out there saying, well, why do we have to? Because there's a huge kickback. John Ibbotson has a great column, and we'll dig into it a little later on in the show today. John Ibbotson is mostly a political writer, but he's also a gay man. And he writes a column today about how nobody ever imagined that we could backslide when it comes to rights and dignity that have been granted to any community. But where it comes to gay issues, all of a sudden everybody's pushing back. I mean, there was a physical, there was a riot in California the other day because the school board was thinking of acknowledging Pride Month and parents actually, like it got violent. It was ridiculous. People are completely out of their minds in the United States right now. And I know there there are people listening right now, I'll probably get texts from them who are saying, well, I don't like it. Why do I have to like it? Why do you have to shove this in my face? You don't have to like it, but you cannot push back against it. There is, you know, and, and the idea, well, you know, I have religious reasons for this. Fine, there are religious reasons why some religions hate other religions. That doesn't mean that that is publicly or socially acceptable. And, you know, if 
this Blue Jays pitcher had, you know, was an anti-Semite, or if he said that all women should stay in their homes and obey their husbands, would people say, well, you know, it's just his opinion. It's just that's, you know, it's his faith-based opinion. No, uh, I think we have reached the point where we can't, you know, backsliding is not to be forgiven. And that doesn't mean he needs to be fired. I think, frankly, his retail value is so diminished that probably the Blue Jays will get rid of him. Um, I don't believe in, pub in punishing people for their opinions. It's why, you know, many, many years ago, I defended Ernst Zundel. You can have those opinions. It's just that if somebody tells you you're a horrible person, you can't complain about it. So uh, we found out that the person who's throwing the ceremonial first pitch is Leslie Lee Cam, a prominent activist. I do not know this individual. All right. We'll find out more. Somebody Google. Google as uh, our former sports reporter used to say, Google that, you lousy kids. Subscribe today and always hear the latest episode of The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. It's a sweet, sweet Friday. So it is. Sun's coming up. There's less smoke in the air, so life is getting better. I was reading an article early this morning about how the smoke in the air can affect pets. And I know pet owners are going, okay, tell me more. I will a little later on in the show. And I still, I have no idea if this was a factor, but Doggy woke me up two nights ago, sneezing and coughing and snorting. And I get it. It's a, it's always a bad idea to let your pet sleep on the bed. Um, as a matter of fact, Leo Rottens cracks me up. He's a sports reporter and he has these two gigantic dogs i mean they look like they each weigh about 100 pounds and then he's got a teacup terrier and she always seems to be running the show but on no small number of occasions he's posed uh, posted pictures on social media of what happens when the dogs either get on the bed or on the sofa and there's no room for him it's it's you know that's it and he's a pretty tall guy. He's a big, you know, former basketball player. I don't know player. him. I've, I've DM'd him a couple of times just because his posts about his life and his pets amuse me. And I, I guess, I don't know, does he live? I, when he posts pictures of the dogs walking, it's often on the Toronto waterfront. But he also, I'm pretty sure, has a home in Florida. And so he posts, he used to anyway, post a video almost every single day of him in the pool with the dogs throwing a basketball into a net and uh, of course always swooshing it. So the poor air quality is expected to continue but the official watch is over. So things are definitely improving. Uh, and this continues to be a political situation. So in the House of Commons yesterday, for example, uh, Justin Trudeau was pestered uh, about all kinds of things. What's hilarious is the conservatives seem to not believe in climate change, or if they do, they don't believe in doing anything about it. Uh, meanwhile, the NDP believe that the liberals are dishonest about climate change because the liberals have invested in the oil industry. But here's what Justin Trudeau had to uh, say to Pierre Polyev in the House yesterday. Mr. Speaker, I've had 
answered that question a dozen times. And for the leader of the opposition to consider uh, that the forest fires that are taking people from their communities and destroying their homes are a mere distraction and not top of mind for people from coast to coast to coast is shameful. But the fact of the matter is he doesn't have anything to say about that because he refuses to put forward any real plan to fight against climate change and he does nothing but fight against our plan to fight climate change. If he has a better plan, let him say it because we've been waiting a long time for it. But he has no plan to fight climate change. He still questions whether it exists while Canada is burning. Okay, so for anybody who thinks Justin Trudeau is getting ready to retire, not so sure. Uh, There's uh, some renewed vigor. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I'm hearing that internal polling, like there, there are the polls we talk about here on the radio and quite frequently, you know, and I will show this to you and, and other show hosts will as well. They'll say, well, you know, this is a poll that was conducted on behalf of this mayoral candidate. So of course that mayoral candidate is leading. There are the public polls. And then there are the ones that are a lot more rigorous and they are done because the political parties need that guidance to make up their minds about what they're going to do. It's why, for example, um, Doug Ford and company have backed off on quite a few things over the last five years. And it's because they'll do a poll and go, oh, okay, they, we can't sell this. Okay, so we'll just quietly <laughs> walk back. Um, so Justin Trudeau may have some polling that suggests that he's got enough in the tank to beat Pierre Polyev, which would be highly satisfying for him and for the liberals, wouldn't it? Because he defeated Stephen Harper. He defeated Andrew Scheer. He defeated Aaron O'Toole. And if he defeats uh, Pierre Polyev, then that's, that's a pretty major track record. So it'll be interesting to see if they do it again today. Students at a number of Catholic schools in York region yesterday walked out and it got kind of ugly which is really the saddest aspect in this, where people were kicking back against them. This was all over the fact that they won't raise the pride flag at York Region, York District School Board, Catholic District School Board. Um, But it's also, let's temper our reaction to this. Students walk out of school in May and June. I always call it spring marching season. And they always find something. I'm trying to remember what it was when I was going to school. I think it was like over the Falklands War or something like that. I mean, it's just we're going to walk out over what? A war between England and Argentina. And we're walking out of West Hill High School in NDG in Montreal. Uh, Okay, so I've been teasing you enough about uh, Donald Trump. Do we have the audio of Donald Trump making this announcement? All right, let's listen. Very sadly, we're a nation in decline. And yet they go after a popular president, a president that got more votes than any sitting president in the history of our country, by far. And they go after him on a boxer's hoax, just like the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, and all of the others. This has been going on for seven years. They can't stop because it's election interference at the highest level. There's never been anything like what's happened. I'm an innocent man. I'm an innocent person. Okay, so, uh, yes, he got the most votes of a sitting president, but the other guy got more. Also, the third-person stuff is a little kinky. Uh, But lastly, what this is about is document handling. 
And I know that people who want to defend Trump will always say, well, you know, um, Barack Obama had documents. That's true, because the president's allowed to take documents with him when it's authorized, and then he gives them back when he's requested. Donald Trump had a whole... And there's, you know, speaking of kink, it really seems that's what this was. It's like kind of the trophies that serial killers keep. The thinking is Donald Trump just kept these documents because he was so excited about the fact that he had top secret documents. And the worst aspect of it may be that he was either sharing them or planning to share them with enemy governments in, in you know, sort of a transactional uh, relationship. But this is serious stuff. Mind you, it's not going to do any damage. Trump fans, he's absolutely right when he said that he could shoot somebody dead on Fifth Avenue and nobody would care. It's true. Talking about on this Friday morning and welcome in News Talk 1010's John Moore. Good morning, hey, John. Good morning, Good morning, John. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. We made it to the end of the week. All right, yeah. let's start with this, John. Uh, luckily, it's not so bad out there right now, but the poor air quality from fires is expected to continue for at least a couple more days. I guess it's a, you know, show up, disappear kind of situation. Yeah, as Bill was just reporting, this has been a situation over the last few days, but things have improved, and officially we are no longer in a dangerous spot, Environment Canada lifting their weather warning. But smoke continues to be an issue along the East Coast, New York City. Actually, the front page of the New York Post yesterday read, Blame Canada. <laughs> and the guy who wrote Blame Canada for the uh, South Park movie actually re-recorded the song with lyrics all about how we're sending smoke to New York City. So, think Things are improving. People with lung issues are going to be doing better. Pets are going to be doing better. But we've still got some smoke to contend with for the next couple of days. Yeah, got to keep it in mind, that's for sure. Okay, John, this is not a repeat program, but uh, <laughs> kind of a repeat story. Donald Trump's been charged again, this time over the classified documents handling in his first federal indictment of an ex-president. Now, it hasn't happened officially. Donald Trump's oh, trying claims, to preempt yeah. the coverage mm -hmm. of this. Yeah, he made a video that he posted last night where he said he's the victim here. But it's kind of hard to sort out all of the lawsuits with Donald Trump. But this latest one is actually a criminal case involving the documents that he took with him to Mar-a-Lago. And they have not yet confirmed, uh, the prosecutors have not confirmed yet that the charges are going to be laid, but it does appear that the case is going to be going ahead. And frankly, I don't know that this has any impact on Donald Trump. Trump's campaign to become the mm -hmm. Republican nominee. Yeah. Mm, okay, we'll have to see where that one goes. Uh, turning to situations here at home, uh, this is going to be quite a nuisance for some people using the public transit system. Seven TDC subway stations shut down the entire weekend. There seems to be a closure every weekend. You're absolutely right. And certainly along my stretch, because I live at Young and St. Clair, uh, they've been closing the subway almost every weekend for a couple of years now in order to continue to work on the interchange between the Eglinton Crosstown and uh, the Young University line. In this case, it's a seven station stretch of line spanning from Broadview to Woodbine that is going to be closed on Saturday and Sunday. They're going to have shuttle buses, which, as you folks know, is a miserable experience. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be quite a situation. Of course, it'll all be back up and running for the Monday morning rush. Okay, so yeah. speaking of the mornings, John, frequently when I when I walk into work from my parking garage, you know, I, I pass sometimes some sort of interesting people, but also <laughs> some wildlife. The other day, I, there was a skunk, and the skunk and I were kind of playing this delicate dance of, is the skunk <laughs> going this way, and I'm going to go this way? Yesterday, it was a raccoon that was cleaning itself, so I had to look the other way. But, you know, we're being told by Toronto Public Health, stay away from raccoons and other wild animals, which is my policy, by the way. 
Yeah, there's an outbreak, and this has been going on for a couple of months now, of distemper amongst raccoons. But Toronto Public Health has actually issued a warning saying people should stay away from raccoons because there's been a significant increase in the number of sick and injured raccoons and in the number of cases of people being bitten and or scratched. Now, I don't know who interacts directly with raccoons. I know that some people like to feed them kibble. Um, but yeah, probably pretty good advice. Stay away from the raccoons, even if they are kind of Toronto's unofficial mascot. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> they Steer are cute clear. indeed. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I have a few in my backyard. Okay, finishing off with baseball, uh, John, the Blue Jays are on a roll, but you know, off the field, it's kind of a mess with this whole Anthony Bass anti-2S LGBTQ situation. And uh, he's apologized again after going meeting with the director of Pride Toronto, but it's really taking the shine off of Pride Weekend. It's going to be interesting to see, and Bill said he's going to the game tonight, so he'll be an eyewitness. What's going to happen tonight when Anthony Bass, the relief pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays, who was caught recirculating anti-gay propaganda, uh, he's going to play catcher tonight to a gay pitcher who is uh, an mm. activist, actually, a guy who's all about creating awareness of senior citizen uh, queer people. So that's going to be happening tonight. I'm sure the Jays think that it's a great PR exercise exercise, but I wonder if it's just going to be more booing and jeering. Hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting Something to see to what happens indeed, yeah. there. Okay, John, that does it for this Friday. Hope you have a great weekend. Stay away from raccoons, as uh, Nick mentioned, and we'll chat with you next week. Take Always care. Good advice. Cheers, have John. <laughs> one. Jennifer Sheng and Nick Dixon over at CP24. And yeah, I don't. I, I, I'm going to be very curious to see how things unfold tonight. I'll have to watch it from Montreal because I'm hopping on a train after the show to go and see the sister-in-law. It's going to be an interesting weekend because we're uh, attending a funeral mass for uh, one of Mikey's aunts. And then Sunday we're going golfing, which I'm sure Giselle, the dear departed aunt, would uh, quite enjoy because she was a, a big golfer. Uh, and then I'm going to be away on Monday, just so you know. Nick, do you know, is Jerry going to be in for me? Yeah, it'll be Jerry, and okay. we're looking forward to his joke uh, off the top of the show. Yes, Jerry tells a joke at 5 a.m. And I think what people find really, really interesting is that when Jerry hosts the morning show, he's not like another person, but he gets it's not the same thing as 9 to noon. Uh, you know, 9 to noon, you sort of come out of the gate and you start yelling and screaming about one thing or another. Uh, the morning show, and I think that's why we've had such tremendous success, and incidentally, we found out yesterday that we're continuing to be a tremendous success, um, I, I think was because when we first launched this show in 2009, I knew that nobody wanted to start their day by being told that David Miller was a moron or whatever else. You know, there's one thing, you can have perspective on things, but I don't think between five and nine in the morning as people get up and pour a coffee and get their kids ready for school and get their heads together for whatever kind of day they're going to have, that they want to be lectured and yelled at and uh, listen to rants. And so that's kind of how we've approached things on the show. And when Jerry sits in, it's, uh, it's the Jerry that I like, actually. Not that I don't like nine to noon. I get a big kick out of that, too. I listen in the car. But... Jerry Agar talking about other stuff. Like, I, 
I have an objective. Okay, I'm going to let's allow sunshine in on the magic. At 8.45, Jerry Agar arrives to tell us what's happening on the show. And I resolved like six months ago. I said, you know what? I'm going to try and make Jerry laugh every single morning. And I've done it every day but one in six months. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that Jerry comes in and sits down and we're in a commercial break and he and I start talking about stuff. And usually it's pop culture, it's music, it's what he's watching on TV, it's what his son is doing with his restaurant, it's something like that. And then I always try to, you know, graduate that conversation onto the air and find something funny in all of that. Uh, speaking of people with personality, I am very excited that, as you know, Maureen Holloway is on vacation and normally she joins us at 6.50 in the morning. And so I said to Joe Cristiano, who produces the show yesterday, what about Ann Chatilla? Could she do 6.50 on, on a Friday? And so we wrote to Ann and she said, yeah, sure. And so Ann Chatilla, and it's like 3.50 in the morning where she is, because she's in Los Angeles, is gonna join us. And if you've been with us for the long haul on this show, um, and by that I mean afternoon and morning, you'll remember that Ann Chatilla used to join us every Thursday for a half hour, and it was a smash. Because Ann and I have known each other forever, because she's one of the finest reporters I know, because she's uh, funny and insightful and uh, sardonic at times. So, very excited that uh, less than an hour from now, Ann Chatilla is going to be on the show on a Friday morning. And I guess I've talked out the clock here, so um, let's take a short break and let's gear up for the 6 a.m. news. That's the Breakfast Wrap. Thanks a lot for listening. My name is John Moore. I hope we'll talk again soon.